the global order is changing. Neoliberalism is under unprecedented strain. There's a general sense that the rules by which our societies have been structured for the last several decades have broken down, and that our leaders and our institutions have failed us. If neoliberalism was the economic base to the globalization superstructure, what will the consequences of this shift be on the lives of ordinary people? Join Globalization Cafe as we offer uncompromising political and economic analysis on the global issues that affect our everyday lives. Because the political conversation matters. After more than two decades of waivers, we are no closer to a lasting peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. It would be folly to assume that repeating the exact same formula would now produce a different or better result. Therefore, I have determined that it is time to officially recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. <clears throat> it's been quite a week. Last Wednesday, President Trump rolled back two decades of America's position on Jerusalem, an issue right at the heart of the Israel-Palestine conflict. The decision has been roundly condemned by almost everyone apart from the Israelis themselves. But what on earth does this all mean for the future of the conflict, for Palestinian aspirations for independence and a state? This is the first of a few quick episodes that I'm putting together to give you some reaction and insight on the topic. I'll talk to a range of experts who can give you insights and opinions of what they think and I'll add my own thoughts in there as well. But keep an open mind, this is a rolling news story. This is history in the making. Where on earth next for Israel, Palestine, the United States and the world under the leadership of President Trump? Hey, Fadi. Hello. Hey, Phil, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I, I, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Yeah. Great, okay. Um, are you busy right now or do you want to wanna talk? We can talk. Okay, great. My name is Fadi Al-Husseini. I'm uh, a senior fellow at the University of Ottawa Center of Governance, and I work also as a political and media uh, advisor and consultant at the Palestinian delegation in Ottawa. Uh, my reaction is, uh, is like any other person on this planet, except those who are extremely pro uh, certain policies that intend to uh, uh, neutralize any efforts to revive any peace hopes uh, in, the, in the region. Uh, I was, uh, until the last moment, even though we have read a lot of reports, we have heard the news that uh, Mr. Trump called uh, President Mahmoud Abbas and other leaders in the region that he intends to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to, Jer to Jerusalem. I was hoping until the last moment and before the speech that he might change his mind because obviously everybody was uh, refusing this uh, decision or this act uh, in, in a in certain way that uh, it would definitely uh, uh, minimize any hopes uh, for peace uh, in, in the region and in, 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 in particular between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Okay. Um, so why don't, you, why don't you explain why is Jerusalem such an important issue? 
Well, Jerusalem uh, is an important issue, and the rest of the land of Palestine are, are important as well. But the issue of Jerusalem is that it is, first of all, is important for all uh, religions, Muslims, Christians, and Jews. And I would uh, quote uh, Edward Said, who said one day that uh, we cannot deny anybody's right in, in that uh, city, but we cannot rule out the right of others. So what did uh, what Mr. Trump did is that he ruled out the right of others in that holy city when he decided that Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel without even, you know, mentioning if he's talking about the east part or the western part of Jerusalem. He was saying that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, meaning that he ruled out the rights of others in that holy city. So this what makes uh, Jerusalem important, this what makes uh, Trump's announcement critical, and this is why many leaders in the world say that by that statement, by that announcement, uh, Trump ruled out uh, United States' role as an honest or a broker, I'm not going to say honest, as a broker to any peace talks, because he jumped to uh, conclude uh, the future of one of the most crucial final strategy issues, which is uh, the issue of Jerusalem, by deciding it, uh, the, the future of the city in favor of one of the parties without even uh, waiting for the uh, uh, new negotiations to decide whether it should be divided or unified. And the Palestinians have been saying from day one that this city is important for all religions and everybody on this planet. So the best solution would be a unified capital for both the Palestinians and Israelis, giving free, you know, um, giving free uh, access to all religions, to everyone to come pray, practice, and visit that holy city. Okay, that's really great. Thanks, Fadi. Um, there's, uh, there's two responses that the Israelis are giving to the criticism now, and the Americans as well. Uh, first is that... Um, it's just recognizing reality that that um, if you go to Jerusalem, you find the prime minister's office, you find the Knesset, you find a bunch of different ministries. So Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. So all that the Americans done is just recognize reality. Uh, and the second uh, point of contention uh, that, that, that they'll say in, that the people say in defense of this move is that the peace process has been stagnant for so long that this is a move that could shake up the status quo. So there could be some kind of positive outcome. What, what do you think about those two arguments? Okay, I'll start with the first argument. The first argument, which is the reality that the prime minister office is there, the, the whatever offices, official Israeli offices are there. Uh, if this is the reality, then this proves the Palestinian narrative that Israel is using negotiations to change realities and faction on the ground to reach to this day and say, look, things are different. Now we have uh, offices. Now we have more settlers. Now we have more citizens there. In that case, Jerusalem is as our, ours. The same thing applies to the West Bank. The same thing applies to any, um, you know, uh, uh, any territory under dispute between the Israelis and the Palestinians. So this, uh, you know, uh, argument emphasizes the Palestinian narrative that all what has been Israel doing the past period is uh, buying time and changing facts on the ground in order to reach to this day when they say that 
you know things are in our favor and now we should uh, rethink uh, 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 the future of, the, of this city or, or this land. So uh, this is absolutely unacceptable. This is absolutely uh, going into the direction that proves uh, why uh, the Palestinians have been uh, so much uh, in doubt of, of the meaning of any, uh, you know, uh, uh, lengthy negotiations. And this answers the, the second question. So the negotiations has been stalled or sank because of this reality. Uh, we go to the talks with the Israelis day after day, month after month, and every time uh, something happens, uh, uh, an Israeli leader comes and say, let's start from square zero, and then they add more and more you know, uh, conditions. The last one was recognizing Israel as a Jewish state, which is a new condition uh, that has been put onto this, uh, uh, you know, talks that has been brainless. So I would say that the two uh, uh, issues or the two arguments are linked to each other, proving that the Israeli narrative and the Israeli objective of talks is nothing best to buy, but to buy more and more time in order to change facts on the ground. And then you can see what happens every time you come with new parameters, with new conditions, and of course supported and backed by the U.S. administration. So I, I, I think it's a really powerful point. I mean, essentially what they're saying is Jerusalem is the capital of Israel de facto, but they're missing out the fact that it can't be the de facto capital of Palestine because Palestine's occupied. Absolutely right. Uh, and this, this is one important uh, point, uh, uh, Phil. Uh, if we are talking about uh, uh, final set of issues, including uh, Jerusalem borders, uh, uh, refugees, uh, and all those issues, when, when a broker who is supposed to be a broker interferes and tries to impose certain conclusion on one of, on, on one of those issues, this means that he is no longer a broker. This means that he is uh, a party in, in this, uh, uh, you know, process. He is no more, you know, eligible to, to, to mediate between the two parties. How come you come and decide that this is the future when everyone, when everyone on this planet says that it, this, at least this land is under dispute and you guys should talk and negotiate on that. Every single uh, resolution in the United Nations has specified that this territory is uh, uh, is, is not absolutely an Israeli. And it, every law on this planet has said that uh, uh, the eastern part of, of Jerusalem is under occupation and is subject to uh, the Fourth Geneva Convention. And this means that every action or every activity that Israel has done in eastern Jerusalem is illegal by law. So how come you come today and say that this is an Israeli capital or Israeli land. So this is completely uh, contradictory to, you know, logic, to law, and to uh, uh, international community uh, uh, agreement. Uh, in addition, if we are talking about democracy, and we, if we believe in democracy, um, and if we consider that the United Nations and the General Assembly is uh, uh, the parliament of the world, if this parliament has said that this land is an occupied territory and subject to the Fourth Geneva Con Convention, including East Jerusalem. And you come and say, no, I have a different opinion and I have to impose it on this. This means that you contradict, you know, the, the value of democracy that you've been searching. 
in 2011, P- the, the PLO went to the United Nations and suggested that it wanted to become a full, a full member of the United uh, a full member of the UN General Assembly. And in 2012, okay. they actually was voted by an overwhelming majority to be, become a non-member observer at the United Nations. But the United okay. States and Canada and a few other countries rejected both of those moves, saying that it was not appropriate to seek uh, for to take unilateral action. Um, True. And they effectively reinforced the status quo. But with this move, the United States has said that the status quo is not working and has given unilateral recognition to Israel's claims over Jerusalem. What do you think about the... the I mean, is this just a, a, a sad tragedy or is it ironic or is it something else? Well, well it, it is very ironic. Uh, we have been hearing a lot of, you know, uh, nonsense speeches coming from, from uh, U.S. Uh, officials, especially when, when it comes to unilateral, you know, uh, actions by the Palestinians when they go to seek, uh, you know, recognition or membership in any United Nations or, or international agencies. Uh, so in, in their opinion, this is a, a unilateral, uh, um, you know, move that intends to uh, uh, minimize or diminish the efforts for peace. But in their opinion, building you know, uh, settlements and new housing for settlers on the Palestinian territory is not unilateral action. In their opinion, this is something legal. In their opinion, this is a natural growth. You know, it, it is very contradictory. It is very unacceptable how those people think or see things in, in a very, you know, biased way. How come you see that going into an international uh, legitimate body uh, seeking uh, membership is a unilateral action, but building settlements in a disputed, I'm not going to say Palestinian territory, I'm, I'm going to put in a term that they use, a disputed territory, building a land, a house for settlers is something that is not unilateral and that is not uh, aiming to, uh, uh, you know, uh, destroy any hopes for uh, for peace. This is pretty, uh, you know, confusing. Yeah, um, it's definitely confusing. So where do we go from here then? First of all, the the position of the the, the government of Canada is 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 pretty much uh, mature, is pretty much uh, uh, in line with international legitimacy and international uh, uh, law, and it reflects their official position, which is uh, uh, this uh, city, the whole city, is cannot. Uh, be judged or the future of the city cannot be, uh, you know, uh, uh, agreed upon except through negotiations or through, uh, through agreed upon solution. Uh, uh, and uh, and the establishment of, of a Palestinian state is a necessity uh, to uh, comprehend this uh, peaceful resolution. So this is uh, the, the first point that I wanted to raise here. The second one uh, I'm not sure that uh, uh, Mr. Trump did this move without uh, uh, judging or evaluating, uh, uh, you know, the, the repercussions of such uh, decision. He he did his analysis, and I think he got a report or uh, a comprehensive uh, uh, report about the expected repercussions and reactions by. Uh, uh, regional capitals or people around the world, and he insisted on doing this because, according to his, uh, uh, you know, statement that uh, he wants to, to shake, shake the, the status quo and uh, um, to uh, fulfill his promises. 
But uh, Mr. Trump, uh, forget two uh, main issues here. First of all, if you would like to continue as a broker, you cannot side by one of the parties that obvious. Of course, we all of us knew that the United States was, you know, uh, siding by Israel. But by this declaration, he announced, uh, you know, bluntly that the United States is no longer an honest broker or, or no longer a broker. So he made it very clear. And this puts us in a, in a question. If we believe in peace and if we believe in a peaceful resolution of this conflict, what would be the next step if the United States is no longer you know, uh, eligible to play this role? Are we looking for countries like Canada? Are we looking for countries like the EU uh, to play this role? Um, this is a very uh, big question that needs an answer soon. If we still uh, hopeful of reviving the peace talks, uh, unless the United Nations, uh, the United States, and uh, the administration, um, you know, uh, decides to uh, cancel this decision or uh, review the decision of, of this announcement, that's uh, the, the first point that I want to raise here. Uh, the second one, uh, you know, the reactions of the people and the capitals in, in the region, as I said, that were expected, of course, by by uh, uh, Mr. Trump and his uh, advisors. But uh, it proves how important this city to everyone in that region and even in the world. That, uh, the people even in Europe uh, raised and, and said their words about, about how important this city to everyone. Uh, Mr. Trump and his advisors knew that the Arab world is in its worst you know, eras. Uh, there is no uh, unified position. There is some division inside in the Gulf area. And Syria is sinking in a, in a, in a chaos. Uh, Iraq is busy fighting uh, radicalism and ISIS. Uh, Libya is also busy. So everybody is busy. And, and, and that's, I think, what uh, his advisors placed their assessment on, is that the, the Muslim and Arab world are too busy now to make a serious action when such an announcement would come out. But the popular and people's reaction were very clear uh, from, from North America down to Latin America, even even in, the, in, in Asia and Africa. So this city is a key point, not only in the Palestinian-Israeli conflict, but also in the conflict in the Middle East uh, at large. So if Mr. Trump wished to retain U.S. position as a, a peacemaker, he would have to review his last announcement and I think his f policy in general toward the Palestinian-Israel conflict. Otherwise, I think the only solution is to find another country or perhaps a block of, of countries together that can replace such a role of, of, that you and the United States used to play. Okay, that's super, Fadi. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dixon. Thank you. Okay, thanks. This podcast series was originally produced with the help and support of the Human Rights Research and Education Centre at the University of Ottawa, and we're still extremely grateful to them. It was produced by me, Dr. Philip Bleach No. If you'd like further information or to get in touch, find us on our website at globalizationcafe.com, on Twitter at Cafe Global, or on Facebook, where you'll find updates about forthcoming shows and other research and activities that we're up to.